Hey y'all, welcome back. Part two on the Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast uh, with, oh yeah, we got some West Forsyth football action here on part two of today's edition of the program with the West Forsyth head football coach over there in coming Georgia back in the home state, uh, David Savella, uh, who has been there for a couple years now. Um, and it was just so much fun to be able to talk with uh, Dave about his team, about uh, just where this program is going, where he would like to see the program uh, go going forward, um, what he remembers from last year, or still thinking about from last year, what games were important, the, the Walton game, uh, what he learned in the Mill Creek games, uh, what the schedule looks like this year, um, what makes Oscar Delp so special, and uh, his schematic preferences, both on offense and defense, um, how high school football has changed over the years, and just uh, all kinds of great stuff, just picking his brain on all things football with Dave. So appreciate him making the time on uh, part two here on the Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022 edition here on the podcast. Thank you again to Dave for coming on, and uh, yeah, I think you guys will very much enjoy uh, learning a lot of uh, about West, not just West Forsyth, but also just uh, football in general, so it's great to pick his brain and had a lot of fun with that. Don't forget, folks, you can check us out and watch this YouTube and all the good stuff over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe and check us out there. All kinds of great video content uh, over on the YouTube page, so make sure you go check that out. Read me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type your email, become a member that way, that easy, that simple. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. And then, of course, check out the homepage, Chase Thomas Podcast.com. And as, oh, yeah, as always, uh, email the program, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, I think that's that's it. Part two here on a Wednesday here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Chase Thomas Podcast starts now. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, taping this late on a Tuesday, all the way down there in Cumming, Georgia, West Forsyth, the Wolverines. Not a lot of Wolverine mascots in the state of Georgia. There's a lot of Tigers, a lot of Panthers, a lot of Broncos, a lot of uh admirals that kind of thing but you know what there's not a lot of wolverines but it's cool because forsyth is booming a lot a lot of good football being played in forsyth county these days um to talk a little bit about his particular program and what they've got cooking this fall and coming georgia it's coach dave savela coach how's it going man it's going great appreciate you having me on thanks for being here man um how how's the summer going how how is it uh, going with camp and everything else it's chilly down here, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I can believe you on that <laughs> front. As someone in East Tennessee right now and family yeah. still in North Georgia, I, I can't buy that one, man. It's It's been warm, but our kids are doing great. Mm. Uh, really good participation. We were to Corky Kell 7-on-7 seven seven last week with some of the mm. top teams in Georgia. And and just just fun to watch our kids compete. Um, you know, they're, they're working through the weather just like everybody else, but we're going to play in it, so we, we've got to train in it. So what is that like? Do you have a pretty good system for how you want to just slowly get into installs before you get a feel? Because I imagine with camps, not just with your own and the Corky Cal and things like that, but kids are just at different camps and it's hard to get everybody there at one time, right? It is. I mean, the approach that I take is, I think it's different than some people, but we do what I call a whole part whole 
Hmm. Um, so we put in, in the spring, we put in a ton of stuff. It's all about installation. Hmm. Uh, we teach the uh, what of uh, the assignments. And then we spend the summer teaching the house. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot of install going on right now, but there's a lot of how do you get in the proper stance? What's my first step look like? Where's my hands going? And a lot of people do that in the spring, but sometimes yeah, you have a flip kind of sports. Well, yeah, I do. I, I flip it, but I just, I just feel like it makes the most sense to me. And I feel like the, the summer's the time that we have the chance to really focus on those small fundamentals. That's interesting. Cause I guess the reason that, uh, and just haven't talked to so many different coaches and covered this for a long time is that like, I guess the, the thought would be is that the spring kids who are graduating, they're gone. So what do you do there in that mixture of like, what do you, you're not really sure who's going to be in your program come fall and know what kind of kids you are, you're going to have. So it's like, you want to be careful on what kind of installs you're putting in because you just might not have the guys to run it. And then you might have to throw that out come summertime. Cause you get in there and you're like, Oh, we, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. Right. Well, one of the things we're not likely going to get, which a college yeah. might get, is we're not going to get a five-star freshman that's going to come in and start on the varsity. That just doesn't happen in high school very often. Right. So we've got a pretty good feel for our team. We've mm. got a pretty good feel for the strengths and weaknesses and kind of the direction we want to go. And quite honestly, that's also part of spring is we throw a bunch at them and we figure out, okay, we're pretty good at this. All right, we're not very good at this. Let's get rid of that so that this summer we can be really focused. What'd you find this spring that you were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get better about this. Well, it's, we're inexperienced up front. Mm -hmm. We're inexperienced on the offensive and defensive lines. We've got a lot of really good football players returning. Um, that to me was just a matter of, uh, of getting as many reps as we could finding out who can play at seven, a football on a Friday night in Georgia. And, uh, you know, we found some kids and that, that was really important for us this spring. Do you feel better about the the trenches this this fall than where you were at a year ago? I I feel uh, less sure. I feel hmm. less sure. Uh, my first year, two years ago, I didn't know anybody or anything. Yeah. We had COVID, and it was it was a messy year. And we somehow found kind of ourselves. In the, yeah, we found ourselves in the elite eight that our first year. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had some of those kids back. So I felt really good about our guys up front. Uh, last year, this year, a lot of those kids graduated. So uh, I feel like we have good players. We just don't have very much experience. What position group right now are you most, most comfortable with? Where do you think you're like, all right, I think we're, we're good here. This will be an area of strength. I love my linebackers. Okay. I love my linebackers. We've got uh, Riley McKee and Raleigh Herbert are both senior captains. They've started since they were sophomores. Mm -hmm. uh, Raleigh's got a bunch of offers. Um, you know, we've got some some outside linebackers that started for us last year. Those kids are really smart, really mm. physical, and and a great anchor for our defense. Love those kids. That's so what what's different about your scheme defensively? What do you ask for your linebackers that is different than what a lot of other coaches are asking? Well, I I don't know if it's different or not. We have transitioned a little bit. We you know, we kind of were an even front reading mm -hmm. defense and everybody's got a responsibility and you got to pick up pullers and you got to read high hats and, and uh, you know, a lot of odd front defenses now are kind of just turning their linebackers loose right? because they're turning the guys up front loose and saying, go get in the backfield and linebackers, you know, make them right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been a transition. So we're trying to combine a little bit of both those things. We're trying to get our guys a really aggressive but we also want our guys to be able to read on the runs, redirect when they see misdirection and, and get into a pass drop when they need to. And, and that's something that having experienced kids back there makes a big difference.
do you prioritize more backers who can who can cover more or who can play the play the run more? Uh, I I mean I'm a I'm a native of Lincoln, Nebraska. We, we oh, I know where you're going with this. Then <laughs> we're, we're, we run the football where I come from, mm-hmm. and we run the ball. And we try to stop the run, and uh, I mean, of course, you've got to work on pass drops. You got to work on yeah. all that stuff. But but uh, if teams can run it on you, how well you play pass defense is not going to make a difference. So we do yeah. focus on stopping the run. That's interesting because, like, when you watch the tape, I mean, a lot of a lot of programs they aired out a lot more now than they ever did when I was coming through. I mean, like, I grew up with the Part View Smash Mouth football from the early two sure. thousand with Coach Flo, and I mean, I was just watching tape and wrote about this today. The Colquitt Valdosta game from this sprint this past fall, where man, it, they match up hunt, they match up hunt over and over again, and the speed is crazy. But it's like if you have the mismatch with the tight end, where like they're they have this kid Landon Thomas who's just uh, absurd. And he has this like no one there's no backer who's on their schedule who can stay with this guy. Like there's just nothing you can do if you get a bad jump and you you bite on an RPO that that second that you bite and you think that it might be a run. It's over like this guy. Do you have one of those guys on your team where you're like bite or we call this like it's over Uh, like, you know, like the Steph Curry where you hit the three and you just don't have to watch it go in. Or as I like to say, Larry Bird. Sure. But yeah, there you go. uh, Either way. Now, to be honest with you, I mean, last year we had the one of the top two tight ends in the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that took a guy who has traditionally run the ball a lot and, and we got the ball to Oscar Delp on a pretty regular basis last year. And, uh, so if you have those kind of players, you got to use them, but it's, we don't have that guy, mm-hmm. but we have probably a better collection of individuals. Like, like they're a better group maybe than mm-hmm. we were last year. Uh, we don't have that individual. We don't have Travis Hunter where you can just, <laughs> You can set up a game plan around him, and yeah. if teams want to take him away, they had other talent. They right. had other good players. So, um, you know, we're not really in that boat, but not very many people are. Travis Hunter was just a wild player to watch because he's not very big. He's not a very big kid, and he's just so shifty and so like so fluid, but he's just impossible to bring down. You watch him, you're like, I don't understand how he's making these really talented teams just look silly week after well, week we we played against them over at collins hill in a seven on seven last yeah. year and and the thing that stood out to me was defensively the amount of ground that he could cover yeah i mean it was you would think you had guys open but if your quarterback <laughs> did not throw the ball on time and did not throw it in a good location it was going to get picked that, that was the most impressive thing to me was just how much space he could cover do you think you have a quarterback this year who can be a multi-read guy I do. I do. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we got a kid named Jack Tomlinson that, that we think's got a really strong arm. He's a he's a good looking kid, six foot two kid can run mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so we're going to you know, we're going to ha- ask him to do some things that maybe we haven't done the past couple of years with our quarterbacks. What do you have a percentage that you like to monitor throughout the season to see like what our run pass percentage is or <clears throat> Is it more based on just how the game's going? It for me, it's very much based on feel. It's based on mm-hmm. game plan. Um, I don't worry about. I don't worry about balance. I think balance mm-hmm. is overrated. I don't. I don't think there's any value to balance unless you're really good at both things. If we're better at something than something else, that's what we're going to do more. But mm-hmm. you can't. You can't just do that. So I don't. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I. I do try to pay attention to see how predictable I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. <laughs> Yeah. And because uh, everybody is, but, uh, but you can be predictable of- in high school, right? Like if you're like, you can be predictable. You can tell, you can show the defense, even if they know that a play is coming to Oscar Delp, good luck. Like if it's going to it, like good luck. 
You you can again if you have those players. Yeah, those players are not. There's a lot of them in in Georgia. There's a mm. lot of great football players in Georgia, and I've been fortunate to coach a good number of them. But yeah, it's not very often that a team's got a bunch of them. And I mean, you your elite teams um, have found ways to get multiple studs on their team. But mm. I think your run of the mill teams, the good good share teams, are just playing with the kids in their attendance areas and and. Uh, and uh, just trying to game plan the best they can with the talent they have. What personnel do you think you're going to do the most this fall? Well, now I'm one of the few guys. I, I'm still a believer in an attached tight end, and I okay. I, always, I like adding a gap. Um, when I talk to defensive coordinators, they hate it. I know it's trendy. <laughs> I know it isn't. Yeah. But you see it more in college now than you've seen it in a long time. Also, why do you think uh, that is? Uh, because I think it puts defenses in a bind. I think mm-hmm. the athleticism of some of those kids at tight end and at H and, and F and those spots really can create some mismatches. So you can put them in the box and the defense may not personnel wise be set up to, to play against guys in the box. Mm-hmm. And then when they bring in box defenders, then you can move those guys out on the perimeter and you can take advantage of that. So I think that's one of the reasons that, 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 that we, I still believe in it because I think it's important in running the football, but mm. I think you're seeing it more. Um, I even think you're seeing some under center stuff more than you had before. And I, I grew up for my first 17, 18 years, we were under center almost exclusively. How much are you under center now? Uh, almost never. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, it's wild we, how quickly that change happened. We got, but we went, we went back to it last year a little bit. We're going to mm. go back to it this year a little bit. There are things that you can do under center. Play action pass mm. uh, is extremely effective from under center. Um, running backs getting downhill is easier from from an eye formation. Right. Um, there are some advantages, but there's certainly some advantages to being in the gun too, and and that's why I think it's important to be able to do both. Or, you know, not everybody does both, but I like doing both. What's the hardest part about playing quarterback in your system? Uh, I think we ask we ask him to know a lot. We ask him mm-hmm. to communicate, you know, protection. We ask him to communicate um, um, alignment, linebackers to our offensive line. We we ask a lot of him, um, but I think we try when we're game planning. We try to, for lack of a better term, dumb it down so that once once the ball snapped, we want him to just play. We don't mm. want him in a bunch but we do give him a fair amount of things to think about before the ball snapped what have you found most teams are throwing at you this pat i guess going forward and what you think they'll keep throwing at you do you think they're mostly doing split safeties cover hot like cover two or are they doing a lot of press man like we're seeing a lot of man coverage we're seeing Hmm. some cover one we're seeing some cover zero but we i mean we play we play teams with freaks. I mean, we play yeah. some really, really good football teams. We're going to open with Archer this year mm-hmm. on TV and the Corky Kell, and they, they just got stud football players, and and they can get away with playing that to some degree. It's dangerous. And, and you're seeing it more now. Now those teams also give up some plays. Yeah. But they understand that. I mean, they know that going in. They just think that uh, that they'll give up few enough to still get a win. And, and so we see that more maybe than than I saw 10 years ago for sure. Do you prioritize explosive plays where you're like, all right, we need to hit uh, X number if we want to have a chance in this particular game? We talk about it. We don't have a number. Mm-hmm. We talk about some of the things that we talk about that that I think are important are things like defensively, we call six and outs instead of three and outs. Three and outs are great, but they're awfully hard with yeah. today's offenses. But if you can give up one first down and then and then get a team to punt, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's a pretty successful 
possession defensively. And then, you know, offensively, you're talking about explosive plays. Yeah, you want to have them. But part of part of what we like to do is kind of kind of predicated on, you know, smaller chunks and just trying mm-hmm. to wear a team down and trying to run a bunch of plays, let our keep our defense off the field, use some clock. Um, and then we'll take the big plays, obviously, if we got them. But but uh, our defensive coordinators love it when we have yeah. a 12 play drive. That's interesting. So do you think tempo, have you seen, cause like uh, I'm here in Knoxville and I'm a Tennessee guy. So we just saw tempo, 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 and just burying people with that. But it also just puts a lot of strain on your defense and the plays it matters. We've heard Saban talk about the number of plays and how much that worries a lot of coaches all across uh, football. It's just, it's fun. It's a better uh, television product, but it's still really, really hard on these guys. Have you found that where that's something you prioritize where you're like, tempo is great but our guys just can't handle that. Like a lot of these high school kids, that's just asking a lot out of them. It is. And and, and we probably, again, our tempo is less than a lot of the teams that we mm-hmm. play. And that's partly by design. Um, I think, I don't, I don't think playing fast is the advantage. I always have thought playing at variable speeds is the advantage. I think it's, hmm. I think you should play slow sometimes. I think you should play fast sometimes. I think you should play at a medium pace sometimes. I think if you want to keep a defense off balance, um, Changing pace is important, and, and we don't do it as much as I would like, but teams that just line up play after play after play, you've practiced that all week. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get. But teams that line up and run a play and then run another play real fast and then huddle on the next one, it just I think that keeps defenses off balance. Yeah, it's kind of like a pitcher who has just like some really good off-speed sp- stuff and some really yeah. good hard stuff where it's just it's hard. Then you they, they're playing catch-up on stuff, and it's just it psychs them out um do you usually have your first first drive outline before game you're just like these are my plays that i'm doing nope uh i know no no and i i don't know i've been a head coach for 23 i think 23 years something like that mm-hmm. and uh i've never scripted a first drive i really? know i know the formations that i want to get in uh-huh um but i don't necessarily script offensive plays i i I understand why people do that. You know what drives me crazy is I watch people who do script mm-hmm. and have tons of success and then never come back to those plays again. <laughs> I, I mean, you see that all yeah. the time. But uh, why do you think that are, is though? Why do you think they don't go back to it? I think that they that they when they scripted it, they were like, "These are special for this game, and these are things where we think we can gain an advantage, mm-hmm. and we gain an advantage." All right, now let's go back to what we do. Yeah, and and there's. It's kind of like overthinking it a little bit. Yeah, I understand the validity of that too. But um, I think some of I've got five other head coaches on my staff. I got guys that have been head coaches all over the place and all mm-hmm. all over the the southeast. And uh, I think some of them would prefer that we scripted plays, um, mm-hmm. especially on that first drive. But it's just I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm just not my style. What uh What are your game day routines? Oh. You know, you have like anything or you're like, this is how it goes every Friday for you. I mean, we certainly have a routine. We have a mm-hmm. routine for, for everybody. And well, I just meant for you, like specifically, do you have like a second nah. gum that you have to have? Do you have a meal that you have to have a certain kind of coffee? Do you have any superstitions with that? No, no, not really. And the older I've gotten. Mm-hmm. So, so we always talk about this as coaches, but by God, if, if we wore something last week, we're wearing, and we won, we're wearing it again this week. Yeah. We, we talk about those things, but the older I get, I just, my favorite time before a game is mm. when we're sitting in the coach's office and kids aren't around and we're just, we're just talking as coaches. Cause we know we're all, we're all getting ready to go out to battle together. And it's just kind of the calm before the storm. 
Was there one game in particular that you are still just kind of completely amazed that it went a completely different way than you thought this past year? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the probably the two games, number one, North Forsyth has beaten us two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think on paper, people would maybe think that we're better than them, but that really doesn't matter. You have to play better than them. And we didn't, we didn't coach. They coached better than we did. They played better than we did. They deserved to beat us both years. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is we've beat, we've beaten Walton two years in a row and Walton played in the final four this year. Um, they're, they got division one kids all over the field. And, and uh, we went to their place last year and beat them 51, 35, something yeah. like my, my running back had 270 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, Pretty it's, good. Just, it's just one of those nights, right? It's just, we, we play them again that nothing like that happens, but I've been on both sides of it where everything goes wrong. And then I've been on the side where everything goes right. Those nights are more fun. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. But do you have more fun winning or do you have more fun just not losing? Where you're like, you just, the losing real, you're just glad not to lose. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the losses are way more painful than the wins are enjoyable. I mean, that's just, the losses stick with you forever because you, you second guess yourself. You, you think about all the things. Did I prepare for this? Was, did I have my kids ready for this? What did I do? that was, was not good enough to help our team win. So that stuff drives you crazy. When you win, you just feel like, God, the kids did a great job and went out and executed and, and kudos to them. What about Mill Creek? You got them twice last year. What did, did they change anything the second time you played them? Did y'all change anything the second time? Um, we played them really competitively the first time. Mm-hmm. And the second time we got ahead right away and got, and, uh, and actually got them on a three and out in yeah. the first possession. And then, I mean, they just they just hammered us from that yeah. point out. Just, they were just they were better than us. They played better than us. They they just. I wish I had a better answer for that one, but that game got away from us. They were good though. Is there one game circled this year that you're most excited about? Not really. No, <laughs> and I don't mean that to. I mean, I get excited for all people say. Oh, mm-hmm. you're non-region. That's just. That's just preparation for the playoffs. But I, I get excited for all those games. We're, hmm. We get to play on TV. Uh, I love that. We get to play uh, a county team in a non-region game. I love that. We're, we got hmm. a new schedule this year. Um, so we're excited to play some teams we've never played before. And so I'm, Cambridge I'm, is new, right? They're just a new Cambridge program is, altogether. Cambridge yeah. is new on our schedule. And Cherokee, I played Cherokee every year when I was over in Cherokee County. I was at Edelman hmm. High School. But yeah. Um, you know, this will be the first time we've played Cherokee um, and we're playing Marietta and we're yep. playing Archer. So um, it'd be different. Well, you're closing with South Forsyth on the road. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. They're, I think they're going to be really good. I really yeah. do. They've got a heck of a quarterback. They've got a receiver. That's, you know, this one, this, I think he maybe got second in the hundred and maybe won the 200. Anyway, he can fly. He's yeah. fast. And, and uh, they've got a lot some- of, they got a lot of really good players. Something tells me you're not going to run out a lot of cover zero against well, uh, Scythe. <laughs> well, if we do, then uh, I might be calling you up to be my D coordinator. I got you, man. I, <laughs> I I love grinding tape and watching and seeing this kind of stuff. So if you want me to study some South Forsyth tape this fall, I got you. I'll take your um, help. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, what uh, what what can what can folks expect from you this fall? What do you think is going to be the difference? for West Forsyth fans who are listening to this program 
who are curious about what's going to be the biggest difference in terms of the Wolverines on the field this year versus last year, what would you expect? See the biggest difference. I think the thing, even the last couple of years, we've had some individuals that were really outstanding. I mean, we mm-hmm. had a, we have a, a lineman two years ago that's running with the twos as a redshirt freshman at Georgia. And we got, um, we've had, we'll have five guys on the Georgia roster this fall. Um, and we got guys that have gone some other places. So we had some really good individual players. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we have the same individual talent. What is really fun is going to practice in the mornings and coaching these guys because they gave great effort. They represent their school. They're good kids. And they've really gotten better since spring ball. And I'm excited for that. They're, talk to a lot of coaches. They'll tell you, man, they're, they're, they've coached some really good teams that are not very fun to coach. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm really enjoying coaching my my kids. They're a lot of fun. There you go. Um, here's something for for your kids and the fans. So, the biggest, the most under talked about Wolverine right now that you think will really pop for a lot of folks this fall is there one guy this summer and spring that you're like you've got your eye on? You're like, I think he's going to be a really good player this fall for us. Well, this is I'm cheating on this one a little yeah. bit, but uh, my running back Peyton Strecko. Mm. Um, he got hurt in the third quarter of our fifth game last year. Mm-hmm. And when he got hurt, he was maybe the top rusher in seven a and had about 14 touchdowns and, and he was really good and he got hurt and he didn't play the rest of the season. And so he's a kid. I don't think he's going to fly under the radar necessarily, but I do know that, that had he played a whole season, his name would be much more known. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him because he's, He's a great running back, but he's also really good at catching the football and he's going to play defense and he can run back kicks and he he can fly. He's just he's he's just one of those kids that has flat out really can run. And that's what I'm excited about. Who's the number one rival for West Forsyth? It's kind of weird, a weird spot. Like who's the number one most hated that you found at the school? Who do they that's hate? That's a great most? that's a great question because I've only been there two years. Yeah, so I'm curious. Um, like who have you seen? Who do they hate? The my most? kids went to South Forsyth. Um, yeah. I lived over there when I was over at Etowah, but I kind of think maybe North, but maybe Denmark. Hmm. Denmark is uh, pretty close to us. Yeah, um, we share some kids in the uh, middle schools, and and we beat them the first year to win the region championship, and they beat us last year at the mm. end of the season, and they won the region championship. So, um, you know, I think I think uh, either one of those teams, but our kids get excited to play all the county games. They really do. It's fun. It's fun it's fun to have a region that's in your County. I like it. Uh, when you get time away, do you, do you read, what do you like to do? Fish? What do you, what do you do? Golf? I love to play golf. I'm, I love, okay. man, I get my money's worth. I take so many shots every time. Okay. Um, You're over there in St. Marlowe. Where are we at? Lake Lanier. Where, where's coach playing? Uh, we play more often than not. We play at uh, Hampton. Okay. Um, up North, mm. but uh, we've played at Lanier islands. We play over at echelon a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just had a fundraiser last week at bears best which was really a lot of fun. yeah there you go yeah. so you good i'm not good but i invited mm-hmm. my brother and my two nephews down mm-hmm. and my two nephews can play can really play and so that helped our team I, I i was the i was uh the uh the beefcake i was <laughs> that's all i was i was the figurehead there you go i let them play that's hey man, that's that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do, uh, Coach. How do the good folks check out your program and support West Forsyth this summer, this fall? How do they keep things going? Keep uh, keep up with what's going on. Well, they can go to West Forsyth football yeah. um, to our website, 
But, you know, we, we've got six games at home this year, including four non-region. We're going to play on TV in the opener, like I said, in the court mm-hmm. hotel against a super archer football team. Um, so we're going to be playing some of the best teams in the non-region. We're going to be playing some of the top teams in Georgia. And, and uh, just pay attention to the news because we'll be in it. Precise there, man. Like it was Gwinnett and South Georgia for a long time, the Valdosta areas and then the North Georgia mm-hmm. with the Gwinnett stuff. And now it's expanded. Forsyth is really, really beefed up in recent years. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you one thing that I think is true. I think the coaching in Forsyth County is outstanding. I mm-hmm. believe that every school in this county has really good football coaches. The quality of football has increased dramatically in the last I'll say 10 years. We mm-hmm. had the same issue when I was at Etowah over in Cherokee County. We only had three seven a high schools we didn't get a lot of credit but i mean we went to like i said we went to the final four mm-hmm. and, uh, and so the the profile of cherokee county has risen the profile of uh forsyth county is going up there's some great players at denmark i think one of the linebacker just committed to clemson mm-hmm. there are some, there are some players here and and i'm excited that people around the state are starting to see that in forsyth county yeah, I mean, and I tell folks here in East Tennessee, like I go to a lot of these games now because I'm up here and it's just different where I just tell them like, you just go watch a region, like just go watch a 7-8 football game up close and then watch uh, some of the stuff here. And it's not a slight, it's just different, different kind of players, different kind of talent. It's just not the same. It's it's not. And I say that because this is the fourth state that I've coached football. Mm. In. I've coached in Minnesota, I've coached in Nebraska, I've coached in Illinois, and I've coached in Georgia. And and don't get me wrong, I, I've, I've coached some great players. What I I feel like I coached some outstanding linemen and some mm. other, just some real big, strong kids. Yeah. Um, but we never had the kind of athletes that you see night in, night out on Fridays, and not just in 7A from all classifications, but we, we see it every time in 7A. The, the athletes, the skill kids are, are ridiculously good. Yeah, it's just hard. It's a different brand, but it's a lot, a lot of fun to watch. And I, I'm I'm happy for it. It's just I will maintain 7A football in Georgia is probably the best high school football you'll see anywhere in the country. It's but we hear that from college coaches from time to time. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, Dave, can you do one thing for me though? Can you can you really help out here as uh Tennessee lost out on Carnell Tate this week? Um we got Nico in the building. Uh I know Oscar is already Georgia bound, so there's nothing we can do there. But I need need you to step up, whether it's goalish or whoever comes in the building and at West Forsyth. I need you to start pushing these kids to East Tennessee. You're like the talent's good, the the media in East Tennessee, no football. There, it's just a, it's where you want to go. The Georgia, it's fine. They already want a ring. You know what would be even better? Winning a ring at Knoxville. That's where you want to go. We want more Wolverines in East Tennessee. Well, the 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 I told you I'm a Nebraska native. The last yeah. time I remember playing Tennessee was uh, 1997 mm-hmm. in the Orange Bowl with mm-hmm. Peyton Manning was a senior. Yep. And Nebraska throttled them pretty yeah. good. I, um, I seem to recall. So yeah, I didn't pick it up. Like I should bring that. I didn't know if I should bring that up. I got it right here for you. You really Peyton right there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a weird picture because he's upright in that picture. Oh my God. All right. Dave, I'm gonna let this slide because Nebraska football has been over for a long period of time now. You are correct. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on that. They just got hit by geography. Like a lot of these programs, I just talk to people and I'm like, what more do you want from Iowa? What what do you want them to do? Like them going 10 and two is a miracle now. Like this, it's not a mate. Like the <laughs> Nebraska can only do what they can do. Like it's just the talent's not there and kids want to stay close to home, generally speaking. And if you're not in an area where there's a bunch of four and five star talent, it's just really, really hard to compete with the big boys. Like it's just, 
it's hard. It is. It it is. But their their problems go beyond that. Their, yeah. their problems started many years ago, and they've just never quite recovered. But um, it's still a place with as good of facilities as you'll see. Yeah. The game day atmosphere is ridiculously good, um, and so it's a great place to play. But you're right. It's it's about getting good players in and then coaching them when they get there. I think they're going to be good this year, though. I'm pretty optimistic. This is, I think, going to be the best Nebraska team in a significant since Bo Pelini days who got run out for going nine and three every year the guy only just won consistently like that was one that I'll never understand is like what Bo Pelini got a raw deal in Lincoln um but I think this is going to be Scott uh Scott Frost's best team uh to this point well he better hope that it is yeah Uh, I mean it's win or lose now this is it I think that's kind of the writings on the wall for him and I I hope they do well I'm I'm still a fan and I'll probably fly back on my bye week for a game there you go. I like it. I like it. Coach, thank you so much for the time. I greatly My appreciate it. And, you got it, uh, man. Yeah, we'll check back in again soon. Hey, call me anytime. appreciate you uh, following our team. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it for part two here on the Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, thank you again today for, uh, for coming on the program and talking all things West Forsyth, Forsyth County, uh, football region seven or excuse me classification 7a in georgia and just uh, all kinds of great football knowledge uh, he shared here on the program so very appreciative to him for making the time and go support the west forsyth, west forsyth program if you are a local uh, georgia resident um, and are a big high school football fan because we on this podcast are very pro high school football and love uh, friday night lights and uh, supporting all programs so there you go go do that if you can go watch practice who knows go do whatever uh get ready because football season is only a couple months away especially high school that's going to be here right before you know it uh don't forget folks if you enjoyed this episode and you've not already done so and you're an apple podcast or spotify listener make sure before you uh leave this episode that you leave this very show a five-star rating and a review tell other people why you like the show why you listen why you're subscribed and uh, help this show continue to grow and help other people find it and all that good stuff uh, like and subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast and of course email the program with any mailbag stuff or any questions for me chase thomas podcast at gmail.com part three coming up in just one second fangraphs john taylor uh, make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast player so that you get all of my episodes, all my content here on the podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network over on uh, your preferred player. So you're subscribed and get it all and listen when you can. So uh, part three coming up in just one second. Uh, Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.